going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here to just have a rundown on everything that's happened since the last time we talked. And it's kind of a somber episode because we have a we had a lot of guys, a lot of people we've been in on that we haven't, that we didn't land, and one in particular and some off stuff. A lot happening around the country, a lot within the valley, a lot of former valley players going elsewhere, a lot of big moves happening. We'll jump into everything of that nature. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch, as always. Noah, <clears throat> here we are again talking. We know that maybe another move for us is on the horizon, but we figured we don't know when that is because ones are keep piling in that we'll get to. But like I said, we're, we're kind of we're losing out on a lot. Granted, there's some that maybe we didn't really totally want or we're kind of out of our reach. Um, but we have that to discuss and then everything else that's going on. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of, a lot of guys on our list um, going elsewhere. Elsewhere right now, we know we missed out on um, what everybody thought was our top target. Then uh, one, now then we lost out on yesterday who, who we thought we'd end up with, uh, kind of the final two targets of the staff. Everybody pretty much thought, and uh, now we're wondering uh, where do we, where does the staff go. Um, there's a lot of still a lot of names still out there, um, but it's a mystery right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, and like I said, kind of a somber episode. We'll, we'll start with, you know, the most recent stuff. And by the way, we said it on football. It's been about a year since we've I think our first basketball podcast was recapping last season. So here we are a full year after the fact. And we're, we're doing great. We love doing this, obviously, still. And it's still just the beginning. So everybody who follows us, we appreciate it and uh, looking forward to the future. So yeah, Noah, let's talk about obviously the elephant in the room, Chris Payton. We knew seeing earlier this month that he was going to commit when we didn't, you know, this month and we didn't know, I think it was April 5th when we saw his Indian Hills coach post about it. And he's still been posting about Indian Hills, either current or former players. That was on the fifth. And then Noah broke last Friday. We were, Wondering, like I said, when the heck it was going to happen. But let's jump past to about about a week and a half ago when we knew, uh, or just in general, we know it was the football spring game, so a lot of action was happening on campus. Um, and we knew baseball had a game as well. We were unfortunately weren't able to make any of it. But, no, it was brought to our attention that Chris Payton, who, like I said, we've been expecting a decision at some point, was on campus. We We got that toll from – Previous people, some fans that were DMing us, letting us know that. And it was talked amongst people on other platforms that he was on campus, Noah. And you were able to confirm that, uh, that Chris Payton was on campus with coaches. I'll let you dive into that of some of the details. But you were able to uh, confirm that via the ESPN Plus broadcast of the baseball game. You saw Chris Payton there with coaches, and he was there. Yeah, he was there. Um I just happened to be streaming the baseball game, unable to make it over there, but uh, they they so happened to uh, flash it to the fan, and there was Chris Payton and uh, the staff there. And, yeah, then right right then and there, we got the DM shortly after that, after I text you. Um, then on Insider, I believe somebody said he was there and that they went through a workout and uh, all that stuff. So, uh it was big news. It got us excited. Thought we knew it was gonna. We knew that he was focused on three schools, and we liked our chances on this one. Um, 
obviously there was familiarity with us knowing him and following him through his senior year of high school and how crazy that was where he left the team then ended ended up there was a coaching change for us then decommitting from us and ending up at uh juco then going to pittsburgh and not getting very much playing time but um he had the size and athletic ability we were looking for um to take this team to the next level and uh it was big time getting him on campus yeah, you touched on it there, but before that, yeah, the fact that he – we know that he met with head coaches, and that could have been – yeah, that could have been Zoom. That could have been anything. Because if he makes two visits to all three schools, you know, that's saying something. And, yeah, saying – because we know how we got Kate Hornecker was he loved the atmosphere of homecoming football game. And we thought, you know, with the – knowing that it was a good crowd at the spring football game, along with everybody running around and then going to the baseball game, that it was a, you know, sport, you know, all this stuff was on location, that it was a great atmosphere. And I could sell him knowing that he kind of experienced it before, you know, even, even under a new era and everything that was going on, perhaps, obviously he had to get sold on it back then. So, and you kind of touched on it there. Yeah. That's um, the familiarity. And that's where we, We'll dive into all the other ones we missed, but we obviously wanted to start with Chris um, because we did think it was in the palm of our hands of getting him. We know it was Kent State, who he ended up going to, and then uh, UTEP. And we know UTEP's been landing Mario McKinney, who we know played at John A. He's been bouncing around uh, Division One schools. Um, and I think they were in on other people, too. We thought, honestly, if he wasn't going to go to us, he was going to go there. They were kind of forming their own, like, super team of players we knew in general. And it kind of hit us because we did a football pod. And as soon as we were done with it, it was announced. And it happened like an hour before that, before we found out about it. So, and it had hurt deeply because, yeah, we expected to get him. And I remember saying, like, I would be utterly shocked if we don't. And that, and that him coming on Saturday and we yeah, had working out with the guys and in general that that could have sold him last second. And it, like I said, it, it made us sad. And then the more we thought about it and talked about it, it was the film because it was more of how we see and we'll get to other moves other Valley teams are making as well again, that he, he would have been perfect. As you said, like, as we talked about, like his length and athleticism would have been perfect to match some of that that everybody else is bringing. But I think it was more, we wanted him because we knew he, we know what he is and we know that he's a familiar face was the biggest thing. Cause whenever we, you know, you know, obviously if we're taking any positives from it, that, you know, we need someone that can score along with do everything like that. Not, and Chris could definitely come in here and score for sure. It's like, and that's what it seems like we're kind of looking for now is a score more than anything over any size or anything. But I think that's where we wanted him most because we knew him so well, but obviously because he could have impacted us and seeing him go to Kent state um, is just, I, we, we remember on his Twitter, the last thing he liked was a Kent state players, uh, um, highlights like the little things you pick apart that maybe could have not landed him with us. And it's just, it's one of the biggest misses I can remember because we thought just because he committed here that he already knew everything that he wanted to come. And if it was personal reasons, not even for the new era of coaching was the reason why he left. We thought it could have, could have been the main thing. So, and, and just be like, if we didn't know he was on Saturday, let's say no one even told us about it or we didn't confirm it at baseball, then we would still be upset. But, the fact that he was there made us most upset. So like I said, we'll dive into the other ones, but Chris Payton, who's headed to Kent state, 
we will be following him, see his impact, because if he can have the impact there, that's the one we would have expected here. And, Noah, we kind of dive into the fact that maybe it pushed Chris away because of maybe, you know, we know Marcus and Lance are still the ones. And we know X is going to be one of our main players as well, that he could have been a third, fourth option, which kind of fits what he would have been, you know, what his skill set even is. Even coming from the ACC, Noah, that maybe that – we mentioned that maybe that could have pushed him away. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, there's been a lot of things – uh, some people call this, I mean, he has a little bit of a head case. He's a head case. And ever since his days where he all of a sudden, not sure exactly, I don't think anybody knows except for him and his family what happened. Him leaving his uh, high school team in the middle of their senior year and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think probably Kent State promised him more than obviously there was a, there's a there's a spot on our team in that starting lineup because um, we're still waiting to fill that four starting spot because there was team there was guys off last year's team that didn't play um, up to their expectations from uh, a fan base and the coaching staff that could start this year but there was still that spot he could have started for us and gave us but I think uh, Kent State gives them a little bit more and they had a great year last year. Um, I know they made the tournament a couple years ago and uh, they won over 20, I think like 26 games or something like that last year. So, um, but they had some guys in the portal. I think they just probably, I don't know if he knew anybody there, but probably promised him a start, a starting spot right away or something like that. And uh, knowing, knowing our staff, we, they're just not going to promise anybody anything. Yeah, you definitely have to earn it. And that just goes back to seeing other people around the Valley for their own respective teams saying that their ability to have them on campus and knowing that they're not going to go anywhere. Like they're not going to let them leave without knowing they're going to come there. And that's why it's just weird because he wouldn't come to last second thing and then commit six days later and not be, you know, hundred percent sold. And you're right. We did look into Kent state and they did have a quality year. They're a quality program. And we did try to tie it to maybe he knows somebody there, but we don't know. We know Stephen Verplank and, which we didn't like to see him like his post on Instagram. So uh, we were thought that maybe we could have had the friendships potentially. And it, it seemed too good to be true. And it, it didn't come, which, like I said, we're moving on and we're looking for other ones and we're kind of getting slim. Like I said, we'll get to some of those. So we wanted to kick it off with Chris. Some of the main headlines here. Now let's start off with something we knew about that kind of shocked us. I, I Maybe a week or so ago, Noah Marcus, obviously our, our main player, our best player, he tweeted on the 15th uh, that he had surgery. He said, I mean, this is out of nowhere. Surgery went well. Thanks to everyone who said a prayer for me. Can't wait to get back in front of the fans better and healthier next season. No, like I said, it came to a shock, but, you know, it wasn't not 100% surprising in, this, in the sense that we remember the, the post the, the main account had uh, photos of workouts that Marcus was sitting with uh, Ben Harvey and just in general, it's like, well, Marcus is sitting for a reason. Maybe he's just getting extra rest. And no, that is the reason why we're trying to connect dots on maybe what he got surgery on. Yeah, definitely. We know, we know two years ago he had the foot issue, uh, but last year, if you rethink, uh, he kind of a, like a hip issue and uh, played through it all throughout the year for most of the year. Um, not sure if these injuries I would say most of these injuries are coming from um, the work he's getting. It's an over overplaying him, playing him 40 minutes a night pretty much. I mean, 
um, overworking him, these hip and foot injuries, putting a lot of stress on his body every throughout the year. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of nights off. So uh, I'd say it was, it was hip hip. I have no idea. Uh, nobody's confirmed it. Um, the coverage of SIU sports um, is not good. So uh, I'd say if Todd would have had something on it, he would have had a little article guarantee on it. Um, but right now the Southern Illinois is not doing a good job. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Bucky Dents. We just know how good of a job that Todd Hefferman did. And he would, you know, I remember when Anthony came back for his fifth year, Todd immediately had a, a thing on him. And in general, like we would be seeing more of that. And we see Todd involved and shout out to Todd for his work here. Cause we definitely miss it. We've talked about it, but yeah, we would see something like that. Cause no, I mean, Mike Reese hasn't tweeted about SIU basketball. He's been all about baseball, rightfully so. They're having a good season and other stuff. It's like he's barely – no one's – and I, I know it's the off season, but knowing that it's the top sport at the program, you want to, you know, stay involved and keep everyone in touch about stuff like this, with especially with the best player. But, I mean, everyone's wishing him well. I don't think it's that serious, obviously. And you're right. We, we do remember something with the hip. And, we yeah, he dealt with the foot injury last season. And the wear and tear for sure can just lead to something like this. And he's getting it – He's getting it early enough in the offseason to where he'll be just fine. It's slowly but surely brought back in the, in the summer workouts and into whatever. But he's ready to go for next season to, to just get better and better, we're hoping, that that wouldn't slow him down. So that definitely caught our eye. I wanted, wanted to discuss that. Now, Noah, the, the main account's been posting from this past season plays, and they posted a uh, honorable mention of top plays however long ago. And, you know, that was – and we're not disagree. You know, I don't think at this moment that we're going to disagree with any of the decisions they made. We're, and we'll try to connect the dots because they came out with a ten through six honorable mention, ten through six, and we're going to try to predict what five through one would be in no particular order. But no, those honorable mention top plays we were just talking about it. It included a, a majority from the um, Paradise Jam, which included we know both from the color two from the right. Uh, they had Dalton's put back. That was Colorado. Uh, which put us up by five, if I remember seeing the video, under a minute, um, which obviously ended up being really close and came down to the wire. And then um, what was the other one? I thought there was another one. But no, uh, dive into some of those honorable mentions that we were. Yeah, then there also was uh, uh, Lance. Uh, they just said Lance and Marcus Floorburn year. They were dived on the floor against Creighton. Um, then they had Chris Cross's three against Valpo. Uh, they had Marcus Damascus buzzer beater for three against Bradley at home, ending that huge half, uh, a half, a run you'll you'll never probably see again. Um, then they had uh, Lance, uh, a rack, uh, just a, a layup going downhill in those final in the in the under minute against at Indiana State to put us up four. Uh, it was an and one, so uh, those are some uh, pretty good honorable mentions. Yeah, and diving into even that one, like how back and forth that Indiana State game was. And Lance kind of did take over in those moments. So that was good. And seeing Chris on there is good. Marcus's buzzer beater, you're right, to end that half, that crazy comeback half before Bradley made their own comeback in that game. Um, and then, yeah, Floorburn U, I we remember Paradise Jam was talking about that. Like it was the only thing we're known for, which I guess to some other national perspectives it could be potentially. But um, – 
that was that was cool. So yeah, no arguments on any of those. Those were good. We like I said, Dalton's putback was huge against Colorado that extended that lead at the time. So um, those and then Noah ten through six uh, dive through those again. We'll discuss them and then we'll like I said, we'll predict five through one. Yeah, at ten there was a tie. It was Lance Jones is a logo threes. He had two against Illinois State. Um, that was a tie for tenth. Uh, number nine was back to the Paradise Jam. It was in the Colorado game where uh, ball rolled over half court, probably should have been over and back, but Steven got it and banked one in from the about the volleyball line um, against Colorado with the shot clock expiring. Uh, eight was Marcus's baseline rip and explosive dunk against Austin P. Um, that was a pretty impressive dunk by him. Uh, then number seven, uh, not his best follow-up jam, but JD at Evansville, a put-back jam uh, to put us up eight nothing in that game. Um, then it was uh, at six was Lance Jones is and one, where he got turned around and put it over his head backwards for an and one against Austin P. Yeah, so the the Stephen one, which remember was just absolutely insane being how that was also something because that game was just weird. As we know, it was kind of back and forth game of runs and then a lot of non-scoring, but something like that was huge. And Steven, we thought he was obviously trajected to have an amazing season after that tournament. Uh, you're right. JD, that wasn't his best putback. Uh, hopefully we'll see one in that that we'll get to again. Lance's and we were at senior night and uh, I mean, it was the run that he was on. It was, it was kind of shocking how, and that was the first time we saw Illinois State without Dan, um, that it was kind of um, – I mean, we just blew them out. It was kind of shocking. And two plays, like we've said, another one we'll get to that should be in the top five from that game. That was just a fun game. Marcus's easy flight, which we know when he was in space, his athleticism showed and throwing it down. Um, and then you said another one, right, or is that it? That's four. Then there was a Lance's and one over his head. Right. Awesome. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And that was another blowout of a game. Uh, so thinking about what 5-1 could be, like we said, no order. We were just talking about this before we came on here, thinking about what that fifth one could be. Um, I mean, easily Cash is put back against Illinois State in that game. Will easily be on there. Um, we remember, Noah, that we just said J.D. had another put back in that game off a of Marcus missed layup. He overpowered it, and J.D. was there. That could be on there. Um, um Marcus is obviously buzzer beater against uh, Evansville back way back on December 1st. That that'll that might be number one. What is that? Three. What was the fourth one that I remember saying before the one that you ended up saying last? What was that other one? Um, the fourth one was uh, what was it? I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, oh, Troy. Troy's oh, yeah, Troy three to, to yeah, extend the lead to Indiana State. That's a huge one. one. I, I, that will definitely be on there. And then you just said at the very end here, that could be a combined one. We saw the tie for honorable mention or whatever, the 10th, that the uh, the tie could be the both respective plays of Marcus and Lance's 1,000 points. I'd say that'll be on there. And that could be number one. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, that could be number one. Uh, if I were to just put them in order, that would probably end up one. Marcus's two, Troy three, Cash four. Cash is dunked four, then uh, JD's five. Yeah. So, and anyone, if we're right on this, not in the order like that, but just in general, if they're if all those five are in there, 
there's some that we're missing, I'm sure, but uh, call us uh, geniuses for pointing that out. So everybody come back to us on that. And who knows when that'll get posted. So there's that. And though we know Xavier got fully announced by the team. Um, not sure. I'm trying to think of which day. April 13th. It was a Wednesday. It was, I think, a couple of days or the day after we did uh, our last basketball pod. And it was a nice video of Xavier. And he, it was just him describing his upbringing and his goals. And Noah from picking apart. So he said he was from, uh, or we just know some of his stats and where he's from. Um, We'll get to something what Brian said, but no, he pointed out, obviously, NCAA tournament, uh, that's a goal. It's a goal of everybody's. And he said that he was – his dad used to be a coach, and we were trying to uh, figure out what school that was. I don't think he said it, but he just him being a kid and being on those teams, NCAA tournament, because he's never been on it or been to it as a player. Uh, obviously, you no know, expectations for the tournament are there, but that was cool seeing that, you know, him seeing it even at a younger age and wanting to experience it. Uh, I think that shows. And there's a reason why he came here. I think he'd be bought and sold on reasons like that. Yeah, most definitely. Um, he, he also, he said he was a, said he was a, he said, he said in uh, the article they posted that he was a pass first point guard. He loves to get his teammates involved. Uh, he says you have to lead by, ex- lead by example. So other guys can follow you being vocal, just make sure you're the hardest worker. So guys want, want to get behind you and follow you. Um, that just shows you what kind of player he's going to bring to this court, being uh, going to be that starting point guard for us and let Lance play that natural two spot. Um, but his dad, uh, Kelvin, uh, played at University of Rich in Richmond and is now the director of player development at Central Florida. So I'm sure, I'm sure he saw uh, – his brother Darius is actually a sophomore at UCF, so I'm sure he saw – um, that UCF team a couple of years ago playing the tournament. And it was probably at those games when they took on Duke with Taco Fall. And actually, uh, Xavier's um, godfather is a former Duke and San Antonio Spurs star and actual head coach of UCF, Johnny Dawkins. Yeah, that's cool. You're right. And I said as a kid, but that could very well be in general following – uh, he, he said his parents both were players and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and that's cool seeing Johnny Dawkins do that. I'm sure he, obviously that's why um, his brother is there. He said, I want to win a conference championship and go to the NCAA tournament. I've had a chance to experience that with my dad and watching UCF play. I was heartbroken when they lost and I wasn't even playing. It's just an amazing experience and something I want to do. And then Brian touched on him and said, you're always looking for fit in the recruiting process. And with Xavier, this could not be a better fit. He will add toughness, experience, and leadership. And I'm just mentioning again, all he wants to do is get to the NCAA tournament. So, and they went over his stats again. They even mentioned that stretch he had in scoring, which was great. And he had in three seasons of George Mason, uh, including that COVID shortened season, he took 246 assists to 167 turnovers. So that's almost 100 more. His, his ratio is really good. We can count on him to take care of the ball. And, and we remember watching his highlights. He will find the open guy. He will shoot when he has to and score if he knows his team needs it. So it, it will be an amazing ad. And that was cool seeing them make that post about him and hearing his own words and stuff. And that's what we were hoping that whenever we saw Chris here, that they were kind of editing a video kind of similar to that for Chris talking. Um, but it's cool seeing like cool, uh, you know, like the media team and the, the, the team in general put out stuff like that. So again, welcome Xavier. Um, now know some other things 
non-us related, but a former player, obviously. Saku, we know he entered the portal, kind of was with the team a little bit, practicing more, uh, you know, working out and stuff. Noah, we have a new um, – uh, he's headed to a new school, we found out recently. Yeah, he's uh, – we we wondered where he would end up. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy and get some good playing time. Uh, he's headed out to uh, Durango, Colorado. Um, to play at Fort Lewis College. It's a Division II school. Um, a lot of the players are tweeting about it, wishing him good luck. Uh, I'm excited for – I'm actually excited for him. Uh, I love Saku. Uh, the minutes he gave us uh, when he was healthy, um, I liked his promise. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy and wish him the best of luck. For sure. And we just – it's just – it's whatever because we remember uh... – Obviously, him being tied to Carbondale for a long time, obviously, especially during the pandemic, he wasn't able to go home. We've discussed it. So he's had a rough road here, and we know that. Um, and it's 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 cool seeing him go. I mean, that's all the way across country. So it's like he's been tied up to Carbondale that obviously he's going to go wherever gives him the best chance to be a basketball player. And the post that he made had him looking out on cliffs and mountains and cool stuff over there. So for sure, we wish him – I mean, he was loyal – to the core and um you know he's an amazing teammates and just in like i said he's been he's been through a lot as we know so it's great to see him get this opportunity didn't take long really even if the d2 level that's quite all right durango colorado and all the all of our current players wished him well as do we so um we'll definitely we'll look into that as time goes on and see how he does and stays healthy and contributes for that for that school I know there was one at the end, but we'll uh, uh, player-wise of the main headlines, we'll save it for a little bit here shortly. But no, let's end with this big news, and it's around the valley, but it was too big, obviously, to not cover in the main headlines. We know Chris Lowry, who was re- recently at Kansas State, Bruce Weber resigned. Which, by the way, Bruce Weber. Then you see something that someone said that he was perhaps if he's interested to come back coach and the UMKC is pin, apparently on the map for him, maybe. Yeah, he is a uh, apparently he is still interested in coaching at the age of 65, and that could be a landing spot for him. Yeah, I just I just remember you bringing that up, and I was kind of surprised because I definitely thought he was done. Uh, but the reason, but we said Chris Lowry because Noah, he's headed to Missouri State of all places, of course, and we'll get to that dang school and what they're doing in this offseason. But Noah, Chris Lowry, as we know, he coached, he was a great player. There was a rough ending to his coaching career, but we know obviously he was heading arguably the best team in school history outside of that 67 team and stuff. And we know teams before that great team got to the Sweet 16 as well. But some about that team, and obviously it's got ties to us as, as, as we were kids then, and we talk about it endlessly in our lives, how special that season was. And obviously he manned it. Like I said, been at Kansas State. He's, he's only like I, – I didn't look it up, obviously, before I mentioning that he's, he's only probably in his mid-40s. And like I said, he's headed to – and he, there's still head coaching opportunities out there for him, I'm sure. But no, he's, he's going to be, a, we assume, the head associate head coach for Dana Ford at Missouri State. Like we said, it's kind of weird and, and just random. I'm sure they know each other, and it kind of be could get you know back or uh, uh, what's the word um, uh, get back at us for obviously how like I said how ugly it was with the lawsuit with his ending uh, to his coaching career. As I said, no, this kind of came out of left field as well. 
because it's similar to what we would want to head on our staff. Yeah, it's uh, obviously we knew he would end up so- somewhere. Um, I thought he would be a great addition to uh, – I thought he would be a great head coach and head coaching option if Evansville would get rid of Todd Licklider. But as of right now, it doesn't see that's going to happen. But um, they also had Buzzy, Buzzy Crothers um, to that staff as well. Um, he spent Buzzy has been the uh, the director of player development at Nebraska the last four years, um, but Chris is going to be um, a special assistant to the head coach. So, uh, I mean, what they're doing over there, and uh, if they can follow through, I think that probably just means that maybe um, Chris could be in line if Dana has this success to take over. Um, they also announced that Jace Hurdle is now the associate head coach over there. So uh, um, some uh, coaching staff adjustments after one of his staff has uh, taken a Northwestern State's head coaching job and taken some of their transfers down there too. Yeah, they've had they've had additions and they've had subtractions. We'll, we'll get into those. Like I said, it's just kind of like, of course, right, that he would go there, and you just mentioned that they have somebody else as associate. He could be kind of just, you know, there to hopefully for their success and to help Dana because, you know, his his coaching and just in terms of, you know, because he's a younger coach still that can help him in any uh, form or fashion. But we mentioned maybe there's burnt bridges of why he wouldn't because I feel like him coming to help Brian lead his, you know, team – and hit, you know, and, and Chris's alumni, both their alumni, that so that would be almost too perfect. But and we know he talked to the he talked to the team a couple of years ago before the or before the you know throughout the season. We added that to our video before a conference tournament. Um, so I don't think this burnt bridge is hundred percent there. But it, like I said, it's just of course that he would go there when the option that we would hope and probably not, you know, on our staff and our staff's pretty set. There'd be no additions there. So. Uh, we'll be looking to fate, play him twice a year for as long as he's there. You're right. And if Dana has success, he could take over. Cause like I said, he's still prime coaching age to get into it again. Uh, so no, there's that. And like I said, we'll dive into more, but let's dive into more people outside of Chris and losing. We'll get to other ones we've lost, but let's, let's add, or let's talk about the ones that keep filing in slowly, but surely as time goes on here, new uh, interests that we're uh, interested in. Yeah, there's a uh, very few recently, but there's a couple in the last week. Um, we've uh, showed some interest in. Uh, like you said, we have we have we have this thread out there. A lot of people have checked it out, I'm sure. Um, but since we last talked, uh, Colin Warren is probably the next last name. If we talked about him, I don't think we did. Uh, but Colin no. Warren, a six four guard from McNeese State, uh, he averaged nine points a game and three rebounds uh, this past season. Teams like UT Arlington, Northeastern, and UIC, uh, among some others, also showed interest. Um, then the Alan Makiba, he's from Belgium, a 6'7 forward from Colby Community College. That's a JUCO. Averaged 13 points and eight rebounds this past season. Uh, only has one offer, and that is Stephen F. Austin. He tweeted out a edit with some interest. Uh, teams like Maryland and Cincinnati uh, were on there as well. 
Um, Jamel Horton, a 6'4 guard from Albany, averaged 13 and four assists this past season. He was America East Defensive Player of the Year, and he was the all-second team member. Uh, St. Peter's, which uh, we got some news on St. Peter's. Uh, we'll talk about Southern Miss and Nevada. I've also showed interest. Uh, then just today we saw that Taj, Taj Small from uh, Tarleton State, a 6'5 guard, averaged 14 and six rebounds this past season. UCF, Georgia Tech, ETSU, and some others are in on them. So uh, just a couple more to add to our threat. Yeah, and they're actually good ones because they're around exactly what we'd be looking for here. Uh, yeah, Colin Warren, for sure. Uh, he, yeah, you're right. We haven't talked about him. We know McNeese. That's where Harwin Francois has been um, in the average. Yeah, that nine points, and he's 6'4", and obviously all these guys that have like a, you know, a guard's kind of skill set are going to say they're guards. 6'4", and some of these others are around that size as well. That would be quality, and, and we'll try to maybe we'll try to rank these guys at the end of discussing this of ones that we would like to uh, potentially add out of the ones that are left. We'll do that here. I, I guess at some point. And then you mentioned the one from Belgium or the Colby community college. Yeah. Alan McKay, but we, we saw him and we saw him on that list, as you mentioned with those schools and he actually uh, followed us back. And I think this is interesting because obviously if there's interest by those schools and you're right, the only offer Stephen F. Austin, we know, about some recent success they've had, so their quality. I think he's a nice player, definitely out of left field. Uh, but no, that's a perfect size we need. It literally is, you know, around Marcus's size, a little taller and a little shorter than our bigs. If we were to just like fill out a lineup, it'd be good. He can score and rebound. It's just that big body. Um, so that's one to definitely keep an eye out for sure. And the one that you and I think would, would agree with Jamel Horton that if we were to add one of any of them, we'll just say that he's should be near the top. And I would say that he's close to um, what even the staff should be deemed at the top. And we always go through who follows these players and stuff. And Pat Monahan's only one that follows Jamel, but that says a lot being defensive player of the year and second team. And you're averaging 13 and four assists. And even at that size, if he slid in for us at the three, you know, that's still perfect wing size. And if you can lock down guys, which like we said, that'd be where our staff would be most involved with him is his defense and ability to score we saw his highlights he can make threes he can do a lot of stuff that that would be one of the prime gets to get from those other schools as you mentioned and yeah Tosh Mall from today he is from as we talked about like Tobacco Road right in the middle of Duke and UNC I wonder who he'd be a fan of honestly but yeah he's he's interesting he got some decent schools in on him and he averages points as well uh, but those are the ones that we've covered recently so we'll keep these guys here now let's dive into the ones we've lost and then we'll narrow down because there's a lot and we'll then we'll narrow down the ones that are left and which ones we might like most yeah starting with the most recent one um that we lost out on Gus Okafor uh, we knew we trimmed his list we we actually dm Jake Lieberman to find out if we were in it because uh, they hadn't announced a top uh three I believe it ended up being uh he is headed to Wichita so uh, that's the second guy we were in on. Uh, I believe the other was Xavier Bell that's headed to Wichita. So uh, Gus would have been a really nice ad. Um, you, we all would have liked him. Um, then Jaden Sadler, he's headed to St. Peter's. Uh, we saw that um, today as well. 
He's headed to uh, see if they can keep that program going on the up and up. Um, the one we thought we might end up uh, reeling in because we thought he was one of the top two targets, like I mentioned earlier, was Trey James. Uh, yesterday he announced that he's headed to Robert Morris. Um, so that's a uh, really, really never knew, really, really never thought um, he fit in what we were trying to do uh, unless somebody, unless one of the other bigs was leaving. Um, Tevin Brewer, who, who Nick really liked, a little small guard is headed to Duquesne. Uh, kid can really score it. Um, Jalen Hunter, he's headed to uh, Ohio. He's had a lot of success recently out of the MAC. Um, that's just another guard. A lot of these guys we knew we knew we were probably out of after we landed Xavier. Is a lot of these guys are small guards. Um, Alec Rosner, um, a D two transfer who scored about twenty points a game, is headed to Western Illinois for his final season of eligibility. Uh, Julian Lewis, who would have been really nice, sad. Believe he has like three years of eligibility, headed to Miami, Ohio. Um, that one would have been a, a nice add. Um, some more here. Obviously, think that would be the last one. Uh, Taylor Cooper from Moorhead State. He's headed to Minnesota, so he's headed to play some Big Ten basketball. Um, that's one. Uh, DeMarco Minor, one that um, we talked about. Have we talked about him already? I don't remember. Yeah, we've talked about him. At, not for him going here, uh, no, but endlessly that we wanted him. Yeah, that we thought before X, this is one of our top get, one of our top targets, at least ours. He's headed to SIUE, so uh, we won't get to see him. But uh, we know Joe Lenardi has sent SIUE winning the OVC and making it in, in his bracketology already. So uh, him and Rayshon Taylor uh, are going to be a, a dynamic backcourt. That's going to be scary to see. Uh, wish we'd get them back on our schedule. Uh, R.J. Johnson's headed to Charleston Southern. He was a Holy Cross, Holy Cross transfer. Um, one I liked, uh, Quincy Anderson from Minnesota State University, average 18 a game, headed to Murray, so we get to see him next year. Then, one, I'm glad we didn't end up getting. We are in his final two, apparently. Tyrone Perry's headed to Tennessee Tech. Yeah, and, in, and going back, I think it was the day we uh, went on or did a pod. It was that Ryan Larson from Wolford also committed. He went to College Charleston. Just scrolling that some more. But, yeah, yeah, some of these that stick out for sure. Going back to Quincy Anderson first, the most recent discussed. I mean, we know Drake. I mean, as, as long as we know Drake really hasn't done anything, as long and he's going and he's, you know, he's coming to the conference. But if he would add to a Drake, that would be making it even more lethal as well. So even though Murray's starting from scratch, they are adding good players. And if he's one of the main ones to hone in on on that team, so be it. But if he added to Drake, that'd be tough. Um, yeah, some of these, you're right. It's, you said it right there that with adding Xavier, we were out on a lot of these guys anyway. Kalen Cooper, I mean, Moorhead State just produced dogs. And we know Johnny Broom's not or hasn't committed yet, but him going to – Cooper going to Minnesota is a big deal. I mean, how ironic is it that, you know, with Chris Thyre and Missouri State and a lot of irony going around, uh, DeMarco Minor going, going to Edwardsville, who we consider maybe not from a budget financial standpoint, but from a basketball standpoint, our sister school, 
Um, and I think overall as a school, just known wise, our sister school, like what are the odds of that? Like we know that we didn't know anybody that was in on DeMarco at all, really. And, you know, there was just minor interest. We went and saw him play. I guess there wasn't that much of interest. But, yeah, we were talking about him endlessly, him and Brian Moore. Brian Moore hasn't decided where he's going yet either. But it's just it's just crazy that he ends up going there. You mentioned Rayshon Taylor. Yeah, they will score a lot of points, and I hope we do because we used to play them. We haven't played them. Obviously, we didn't play them in the COVID year. So it's been a couple seasons, and it was always back and forth time. I remember the year that you and I went, I think it was Sean O'Brien's final year, we killed them, won by like 30. Uh, but like we want those games again, and because you're right, Joel and already picked them. He's probably just picking out of a hat, honestly, even though they're talented. And that was before they landed DeMarco. And obviously Joe would have no idea who he is and his caliber, but that does add to that team. And they're in a wide open uh, OVC. And I, I think we would have no choice but to pick them, seeing the Moorhead State turnover and everything. SEMO for sure will be up there as well. But SIUE should be the team to beat, man. It's just crazy that he would go there and not us. Uh, that is one we missed out on and just surprising. Um, what, uh, what other, yeah, Trey James is, you're right. I mean, if he was just to fill in for Tyler, just replace him in that sense, I think Trey is a better player, more skilled, you know, Kyler's one dimensional. And we talked about Trey being a what three star and was, you know, getting looked at by Iowa or all that jazz that he's quality. And we, and the reason why we thought we were going to get him is because it was either seemed like us or USI. So, um, that was kind of the other one that we definitely thought we were going to land. And he goes to Robert Morris, totally out of the way for us. And then, or from us. And then Julian Lewis, for sure, that 6'6 six, six size would have been great. But Indiana State was in on him. So hopefully, glad they didn't land. And that just would have added to another uh, wing that they've just been possessing. And yeah, Tevin Brewer, I'm upset about that. I think he'll be, I think he's a little bit of a game changer. And he'll go to Duquesne and give Loyola fits in the A10. So yeah, a lot of guys we've, we've missed out on. Um, some upset ones, some not. It is what it is. Um, but Noah, so in saying that, let's kind of just off the top of our heads, just and I would say the ones we'd most want to add at this point, because we honestly just don't know. We know we're in on guys left and right still trying to fill that void that I guess everybody, staff included, thought was gonna be from Chris Payton. Um let's let's go over these. We could say that the two uh, maybe, I mean, Taj Small could be up there as well. What about even the uh, two other most recent ones could be most in line there? We know Cam Fuller from UC Davis, lefty, quality wing. Um, he's still an option. If we're looking at that size, Noah, but rank some of yours or also jump into the fact that, honestly, if it's just a score and we have a three-guard set to start or one of them comes off the bench, uh, that would be that would be great too, whichever. Yeah, I mean, our list is getting pretty thin, and uh, the options, obviously, there's a lot of names out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking at what our list is starting to look at, um, obviously, everybody knows if we're making a list of, like, a top five, we all know Brian Moore is still out there, but the offers – or only he only has two bigger offers right now which is South Carolina and West Virginia. I don't think you'll land him. Um, but the size you're looking for, I mean, right now, obviously you want you want a guy that has some height and can play defense. But at this point, I'm also looking for a guy that can score. Um, there's some decent options out there. Right now, I would lean towards um, 
I'd probably say maybe a Caleb Fuller. Um, it'd be a, a decent get for us at six five. Um, that's a decent game. Um, but another one I would go. I mean, Owen White. He's six six. I know athletically he probably doesn't improve us, um, but he averaged twenty a game in the. 20, 20 a game and six rebounds. I mean, that's – and he shot 40% from three. I'd say he would be my top target. I know we're trying to get more athletic, um, but he's a guy that can come in here, and he's a proven – I know it's at the D2 level, but he's a proven knockdown shooter at the D2 level that scored 20 a game. Um, that would probably be my top target. There are some guys like Javon Hadley. Um that would be an okay get. I think he was ranked 70th in the top 100 of Juco players. Um, there's some interesting names. I mean, we talked about Jordan Mitchell. He visited. I know he's only 6'3", um, but that's an interesting name still out there. Uh, we know A.J. McGinnis, a Cincinnati transfer. He's only 6'3", as well, but he's still out there. So um, if I were to just put a top three, I'd probably say Owen White's my top target right now. Then I'd go Caleb Fuller. Then I'd throw in um, probably, I'd say. Horton? Yeah. Or Jamel? Yeah, Jamel. I mean, he is 6'4", but he's almost like, he's almost like an X, but just a taller version of X. He's kind of a point guard, but um, I'd say Jamel would be three. Yeah, I know. And you mentioned Owen White. We haven't talked about him a whole lot. We talked about him, you know, via the thread that one time and, you're right. I mean, he he. we said that he's kind of just similar to Marcus in terms of look and size and everything. And we welcome D2. It doesn't if you can score a D2, you can score. I would minimize it at half the points you scored a D2 or more. So, I mean, if guys are born and bred to score, that that's we've seen. I mean, we know what's his name uh, from Valpo is Pat Kevion Taylor scored 2000. So it's like, you know, and those guys can pay dividends at the Division One level. We're just saying we talked about him earlier that he would have been a perfect ad just as an example of 3 and D. But you're right, a lot of these guys are still there, and even guys that are around that size. But, yeah, I mean, if, it, if they can score, they can score. And we know we've talked about recently uh, Dylan Penn, who's out of Evansville from Bellarmine, he's going to go big. He has a decision coming up, and even uh, Kurt Lewis, Eastern Kentucky, 6'5", that scores 10. He has a decision coming up as well. We're not going to get those guys. But, yeah, Owen White, I would – I mean, even – yeah, I just – the more we see these guys' highlights, and I just – I go through Caleb Fuller's highlights, and he can score in the paint. He's strong. He can shoot. Like, he plays kind of in the short corner, but he can get a guy in the paint, and he can he can jab step and pull up from three. Um yeah, so we, we can, you know, obviously narrow these down. You mentioned Javon Hadley just because he's another Indian Hills guy that could draw some interest. Um, but, yeah, and I would say these new guys we added, uh, Mukeba, and then, yeah, Jamel Horton, you're right. I haven't seen this tape. You said you did. And then he if he does handle the ball and stuff, uh, you know, we wouldn't want that many ball handlers. We want people that can handle the ball, but, you know, obviously. But he can defend. If he can lock down somebody else in the Valley, that'd be great. So I would definitely put him up there. I, I agree with your short list right there and Jamel, and I would add some of these other ones like Mukeba in there as well. The guys that can score. And we, we talked about Chris, maybe he wouldn't score the way we would want him to if he came here. He would just be that wing, that just a mismatch nightmare. And we're just more upset, like we said, because he was just familiar face. So, And um, uh, I will throw out another name. He's not a transfer, 
but the way our list is starting to wind down here and get smaller and smaller and the targets we are starting to look at, um, I would be fine with doing this. I, t- I told some other Saluki fans today discussing with them um, that we were in on this kid a little bit. And with that last scholarship, I would be okay with bringing back Steven because we expect a lot more out of him. We know he'll improve with Foster, and we know he's still a question mark, but I like what probably Foster. Then what we can get out of maybe Ben Harvey if he's healthy. I wouldn't mind taking a flyer. Uh, we were on this kid a little bit during his recruiting process. He decommitted from Murray State when he uh, when there was a coaching change. It's Jackson Edwards, a six six guard out of Indianapolis. Um, I would not mind if we could get back into recruitment of him. Yeah, you're right. We were he took that visit. We remember him in the jersey and everything, and went there. You're right. That would I mean, especially guys like because we thought depending upon how Murray was going to look he was going to go in there and be an impact guy. He definitely is talented. He could come in and be really good for us. And he's lanky. Yes. I mean, that, I'm all for all of that stuff. And we mentioned either, even John, a, even John, a guys we we're talking about Kobe Barnes, former Indiana state has been at uh, Johnny Logan playing his role perfectly that you know, obviously with, and we'll get the Sean East playing next to other star players on the team. And he, like I said, knew his role and, that would fit perfectly next to a uh, Marcus and Lance, who are our star players, and guys who will like be you know be tough enough and will guard at that size. And we know Cam Alford's an option. Yeah, that's it. And and those guys, I'm not going to say last resort for those guys anymore because it is to the point that we had bigger fish that we wanted, and because that's narrowing, that we're up for anything to an extent. We we know we want to score more points, and it narrows down to certain things play out in games that those guys could break out in certain facets, but we're replacing 11 points from cash and about two from Kyler. We're getting that about eight from Xavier. And then if we need about a guy that can score, if he's coming in around like 10 or more points, that'd be ideal. So we, like we said, almost anybody. And then let's even discuss, uh, you mentioned Jordan Mitchell and let's dive into him that he seems likely and he took the visit. And that's what we said, but Noah, he has another year of, juco if he wanted to that if we said if we had this year and okay but we know x is here for two years if he takes it obviously our star players and some others we'd be deep but then it would be we would add jordan mitchell who's talented next year if he had another year in juco but that also means he could get better and get better looks but he has that extra year doesn't he yeah he does he was only listed as a freshman um this year so uh it'd be interesting to see what happens um it's probably looking like he will stay at Juco another year, probably get bigger offers. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, we had him out at him here now. So, uh, that'd be an interesting thing going into next year. We know, um, depending on what our guys that'll be seniors next year decide to do with their last year, or how many scholarships we'll have. Yeah. He's, t- he posted a video of him playing well. So he, uh, um that'll that'll be fun and we talk about i mean chip brunt some other 2023 guys we didn't talk about lately he was teammates with dallas roberts on the team recently and he's an option for that year richard Barron, we had eyes on him he and all these guys 2023 guys illinois state's been in on hard even Devonte hall who took a visit we got to keep an eye out for him um so yeah a lot of options out there so let's segue and I, there was a post recently we retweeted that our staff is in georgia checking out some players as well so definitely on the move now, no, let's get into 
some huge news around the Valley uh, to kind of segue and get closer here. Let's start out with the biggest one. I mean, there's huge ones. Let's start out with one that's huge because he's the reigning player of the year in the Valley. You know, A.J. Green, we didn't know his status. We know Noah Carter's gone. We'll get to some news about him after we talk about A.J. Noah, A.J., or he entered the portal, and we know he's tested the NBA waters before, and then you see on Facebook or somewhere that he had been posting that he's getting uh, workouts with NBA teams. So if he's if he goes to the NBA – you know, great for him and obviously great for us. And then enter the portal. Noah, I'm not sure if he's going to come back to you and I. He's done all he can there. And we know Iowa State, who even national people are talking about, that could be an option for him. AJ in the portal. I mean, it's one of the biggest news in Valley history, I would say. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see it. Uh, I've been waiting for this. I, I actually expected him to go play for his dad at some point. I know he played his uh, first couple of years at UNI with his dad, but um, I'd like to see him go to Iowa state to play at that next level to stand out for a year and see what he, see what he can do against that uh, big 12 competition every night and then get drafted the year after. But yeah, he has some NBA workouts. He said, um, I believe Elliot Claude tweeted out the picture of uh, from Facebook. He had three, three, three workouts coming up. Um, but it's interesting to see, um, a lot of things, it seems like uh, I doubt it with a Coach uh, Jacobson-type team and uh, program that it almost seems like there's a little toxic toxic in the air or something toxic in the air over there because uh, uh, some weird things going on over there. Yeah, and, and I say biggest news, one of the, because he's a two-time player of the year, he's one of the best players the conference has ever seen, that knowing that he's got eligibility, that he's – entering the portal and, you know, potentially leaving with that eligibility and leaving you and I high and dry. We know they got RJ Taylor. They got a lot of spots to fill. And if they lose him, they, it will be tough. And Jacobson will find a way. He's actually in on guys out of their state. And in general, he's hopefully trying to go out of the box for his own sake. You mentioned the toxic. Yeah. Noah Carter's dad had comments because obviously you and I didn't have a post for Noah Carter, but they obviously had one for AJ and those two wouldn't be in the same stratosphere in that knowing that AJ is arguably the best player that, school's ever seen and what he's done for them. Uh, and then, you know, Noah Carter, obviously, you know, got to his peak, took advantage of the portal, can't blame him. But I don't know how – and what he did for them this year in the past two years, it could warrant a post. So I guess he's got a little bit of a bark, Noah, but his dad had comments about that, that they didn't make a post, did about AJ. And like I said, people were even going back at him for kind of comparing the two when honestly it shouldn't be close. I mean, and the more evidence that comes out that uh, they even they even posted about Antoine Kimmins entering the portal too. So um, I think his dad has maybe something that we've always heard that it's Noah's family pushing him out of you and I. So uh, maybe his dad is maybe a little right. We don't know that, but um, them not posting about Noah, but they post about AJ. They post about Antoine Kimmins is just a little weird. Uh, uh, I I disagree with his comments, but um, it is weird that they don't post. They post about everybody else entering the portal and uh, not Noah. Yeah, and we've talked about before that there kind of is some, you know, with his family through the school, oddly. Uh, and you mentioned Antoine. Yeah, he entered the portal. 
and he he quickly transferred to Concordia St. Paul, which is the D2. But, I mean, he's been entrenched there for a while as well. He could mean a lot to the program. But I would – and Noah was a really – I mean, he's a great player for them, arguably. So, even for two years, that should warrant a post. So, yeah, he probably shouldn't have – He his dad probably shouldn't have said that, but that is what it is. Now, Noah, some of the huge ones and three of the best players in the Valley, two longtime Valley members, one just here for a season. Let's start out with that one. Terry Roberts to Georgia. That happened a while back. We know he narrowed his list to certain schools, and people have, you know, beef with him going to Georgia. But obviously, Bradley fans for him leaving. I understand that. But just because it's Georgia, we know they hired Mike White, got rid of uh, Tom Crean. Um, but it was just odd knowing – I don't know if it, about his ties there and in general. We know Sean O'Brien's there. Uh, but, no, he went there over Texas, Memphis, obviously Wichita, other schools like that. What's your opinion? Because, like I said, every every other player kind of disagree with him going to Georgia. Yeah, obviously uh... – it's uh, obviously he said he wanted to go play for a bigger stage and obviously going to play in the SEC uh, for Georgia is a bigger stage, but um, he had a lot better options on the table, but um, it's weird to see, but uh, I'm fine with him going there. I mean, he can be there and go be the guy there. Um, some of the options on his table, if he would have went there, he would have been the absolute guy. So uh, it's big time for Mike, Mike White. I mean, I know we visited Florida as well and uh, I think Missouri. So, uh, but uh, yeah, he can be there. He can be the main guy and uh, see what happens. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Playing time. He can go there and be a really good player there. They had nice wins this year and we know Aaron Cook was there. So they got some things going on there he will I don't have a problem with it at all I think he'll go be really good in the SEC no another SEC ad we know this guy sat out this year due to injury an all-time player and even seemed like his three-year career one of the best scorers in the conference in the last decade Tyreek Keenoa like I said he sat out this year there was the option to come back to Indiana State he he went through that this tough season for them in the new transition he bought in and continued to stay. We thought there was some whatever's at the end, but there wasn't. No, he's headed to Tennessee, another SEC school, and narrowed down to what them and Texas Tech. He took some late visits and chose Rick Barnes. Yeah, he's headed back back home to Tennessee. Um, he posted an edit, looks good, and uh, that orange. Um, this is a big time for Rick Barnes. I mean, uh, is Kenny Chandler going to the draft? Is that official? Yeah. So he's staying in. So. Expected to see that, but um, they lost a couple other guys as well, a couple to the portal, I think another in the NBA. But Tyree can go there and uh, be a big part of that team. For sure. We wish we'll follow all these guys. But no, let's end with the one that happened today. Antonio Reeves took forever to decide. We know a lot of teams ran on him, but how can you, from his perspective and in general, turn down the Kentucky Wildcats with their aura and what they are. We know they lost to St. Peter's. They haven't won in a long time. It is what it is with the opinions on Kentucky. Like I said, from his perspective, though, going there seems too good to be true. No, we're thinking they're bringing back Oscar Sheboy and a lot of other players. He could very well start on that team. I'm sure that's what he's sold on, Noah. Kentucky, that's a huge deal. Yeah, uh, we all knew. If you if you saw his top five, you knew where he's going. Uh, his top five wasn't very good. Uh, he might as well just narrowed it down to Kentucky and left it at that because, uh, I mean, Oregon was on there, but like DePaul and Xavier, teams like that, that's just 
uh, weird. Can't wait to follow him, Noah. Then Sheldon Edwards, we know, trimmed his list to three. He chose Loyola, as we knew. It's almost like you should have – yeah, you should have trimmed your list to just Loyola and, and left Santa, Santa Clara and Grand Canyon out of it. So that was inevitable, him going with uh, Drew to the A-10. Keeping out on all these guys. Noah Sean East, we know out of JUCO, our backyard in general, went to Mizzou with Dennis Gates. We know that's where Noah Carter's headed. But, no, he also took Kyle Smith-Peters – Former Saluki player, obviously, and, you know, recent John A. coach over the last decade. He's headed on Dennis Gates' staff. Kind of came out of nowhere. We know John A. is kind of not fielding the best team at the moment. And Kyle's had his chances to win, unfortunately. And he had a good one this past year with Sean. But, no, he's headed there and making about 150 k for just this one season. That'll put his foot in the door for other opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Kyle um... – needs to get to that he wants to be at the next level and he deserves to be there um it's a big loss for john a's program not sure who will take over that spot uh could be his younger brother and also former uh, siu player tyler smith peters but uh um that's a big time for dennis gates kyle knows the juco realm big time uh he just couldn't get over the hump at john a if he would have got over the hump i, I would think he could have either already been at a D1 level by just making winning a championship or something, uh, but this is uh, the next best way. Yeah, exactly. We know that COVID season, they got canceled. They were a high seed in that with Jay Scrub and company. They would have won it all probably that year, and they didn't. Uh, so, yeah, he, he had some missed opportunities, but he was waiting for particular jobs, as we know. Uh, but just in general, him going there, and obviously that had a lot to do with Sean going there as well, I'm sure. So we'll keep an eye out for them. And Yuri Collins, just because it's big news, because who knows where he could have landed. He did enter the portal, but then now he's returning the slew. That happened recently. So now, Noah, quickly run down uh, other moves the Valley has made. We won't get into their interests. We'll just care about the ones that are adding to them. We'll, uh, like I said, go through everyone that's added. We'll start mainly the big ones, but even across the whole Valley, just run through them all who's coming to the Valley. Yeah, there's a lot of guys um, coming to the Valley and headed out. Um, I can just start. We talked about them already. Missouri State. Um, they're losing Lukai Patterson. They're losing Isaac Haney. Um, they're losing um, a guy, uh, Nick. I think his name's Nick Tata. Barely played for him. He's headed back home to Australia uh, to play professionally. Um, Jalen Hampton, a three-star wing, decommitted. He's already headed to a former assistant to play with Jamonte Black and uh, DeMarcus Sharp at Northwestern State. Isaac Haney got offered by Northwestern State today. So that that coach down there is basically stealing everybody there. Lukai um, could be headed in the Valley. I know some other Valley members have reached out to him, but they landed Matthew Lee. Uh, he was part of Saints, Missouri State did. Uh, part of Saints Peter's big run to the Elite Eight. Um, that's a big time get uh, with what they're adding over there. Um, just thinking about um, what else they have added. Well, and we just we just talked about Matthew Lee because he was the one we couldn't think of. We know Banks, the other guard, went to St. Bonaventure, and it was ironic we were just talking about him. And lo and behold, he goes to Missouri State. He'll be he'll be really good for them. Yeah, Matthew Lee will probably uh, star for them. I'm not sure. Um, he goes along with a four star. He, just to think what Missouri State's added real quickly. Uh, they added four-star uh, transfer from 
Chance Moore from Arkansas. They landed uh, Brian Tremble, a guard from Akron earlier. Earlier, They landed uh, Dalen Ridgenile from Georgia, 6'6 forward. Then they landed Austin Mason, who we know familiar. We recruited him. He went to Oklahoma with Porter Moser. And now he's now he's headed to play in the Valley. And they also landed uh, Jonathan Mogbo, 6'7 forward from uh, Northeastern Oklahoma Community College. So Brian Moore's teammate. Um, that's a really good get for them. Uh, then they also landed a uh, three-star point guard, uh, Damian Mayo Jr. Um, so uh, Dana Ford is doing an ex- excellent job recruiting. Yeah, it's funny because all the players that he had, it's definitely by design. Northwestern State benefiting off losing. Like, it's it's all by plan. Like, hey, they're going to leave me. I'm going to try to go win at the highest level. They can go to you, and you can compete with these quality players. If they all go there, it would be funny. But it continues to be unfair, and Dana Ford's got no excuse. He's got an uh, experienced coach now and Chris Lowry on his staff, and he's adding an incredible talent. And he's got he, – he has to win because outside of Drake, it's wide open. No one's really going to touch him. We like to think if we can add somebody that can be in that in that mold or in that conversation, he's got big expectations on his shoulders. Then uh, Evansville, Todd Licklider is actually adding guys. Matthew Ragsdale, a six-four guard from uh, Division Two, averaged over twenty a game. Um, really, really elite scorer. So um, that's one to watch out for. See what happens over there. Drake has not. Done like we, he Nick mentioned earlier has done nothing. Uh, Indiana State has done they've done a lot of their adding uh, recently. Um, all the way in the recent off season they started early. Um, I think Illinois State they added Colton Sandage we talked about a little bit. Um, looking like uh, the two twins Jim Benson said probably won't be signing with them so that's interesting but they landed. Malachi Pondexter, a Virginia transfer, and Darius Burf- Buford, a uh, a lawn transfer. So they've added a little bit there. So uh, Ryan Padon's doing a decent job there. For sure. And he's doing his best. And he's got the Ohio State ties. He's learned a lot everywhere he's been to add these players. Um, and we were just talking about even uh, side chat. We were talking about his injury and what he could be. And the players he's lost is unreal. I think he'll – He'll get more athleticism, and I think losing those twins is a big deal because I thought they were bought in. But, yeah, he's doing his best job so far. Then uh, Brian Mortal at Bradley, obviously, to go along with uh, Pop Weathers, uh, Juco point guard. Um, he's brought in uh, Duke Dean, a uh, transfer from Troy. He was the uh, freshman of the year in the Sun Belt. Um, also adding 6'6 guard Christian Davis from D2. Um, so, uh, Brian – Brian Wardle is uh, reloading, like you said. You mentioned earlier, Bradley fan tweeting. Um, he's getting guys on campus, and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, let's let's say who that fan is. I can't think of his name at the moment. He, he's funny, and he's involved with March of the Arch and all that stuff. He, he, he keeps people uh, entertained. Yeah. What's his name? I uh, can't think of it off the top of my head right now. That's all right. But uh, – more Noah UIC, we know they've been active. I think they're going to be competitive. And Tony Segetti, Tony Segetti, yeah, he's a, he's a funny way. guy. And UIC adding Tyler Stevenson, Noah, I believe. I don't, I didn't go back to the box score that if he played against us this he past season, much. and he didn't do much, but he's still 
he led them in scoring, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's quality player going to UIC. Like I said, they've added a couple of players. They will be more competitive than people will think. That's a big one. And then Noah, a big one that Valpo landed recently. Yeah, they're um, adding physically big. Yeah, they're adding uh, big man Jerome Palm, 6'2", or 6'10", 220. Uh, big man to back up or go alongside uh, Cricky. So it'll be interesting to watch out. Yeah, and, and what's weird is Paul Orn, who does the spreadsheets for roster spots, he's on there now, three years of eligibility. But he said Thomas Kithier could very well get a waiver, which is scary because if he's healthy, he will be dominant. And then Kobe King, we talked about perhaps he does have eligibility. If he comes back too, they will be competitive just like they were. But if they can add to even better than what they had, losing Kavion and Sheldon, it'll be tough. But they'll be, they'll be trying again. Yeah, and then uh, Murray State, they're doing everything. They're trying to build a program. Um, they've landed a couple. Uh, like I said, we mentioned Quincy Anderson. They also landed Kenny White, um, who I had on my short list of guys on our from Tennessee Tech. Um, they still got a couple guys uh, committed, so uh, they probably will land uh, Kurt Lewis tomorrow, I'd say. Um, or yeah, who else is it? It's not, the other, uh, UMass, I think. UMass also. I, th- I don't think. I think it's next couple weeks or later this week. He's assigning them Belmont. Um, they added recently uh, to go along with Keyshawn Davidson from Tennessee Tech. Um, they landed another guy, Cade uh, Tyson, a six-six forward recently. So uh, a lot of things happening in the valley. Um, We'll see where we end up with, um, hopefully. Uh, we do know that the deadline for immediate eligibility is this Sunday, May 1st. So if a guy wants to be eligible next year, he has to enter the portal uh, before Sunday. And that's a big deadline. Um, so we'll see more and more rattle off. We know football we're losing, guys, and there's not a deadline there. But both sports, it's getting them. People have been talking about it's in the 1300s for basketball for portal entry. So – we know that hopefully one of those will be ours. You mentioned Murray, though. They will add they will add athletes, and they will be competitive. Belmont, the same thing. Speaking of Belmont, Casey Alexander posted on his Twitter that they uh, added new Valley logos to their court. So their transition's getting close and close more and more. And then Noah Evansville, some other just news, and I'll finish if you have any more added even to this. Evansville did hire an AD. We talked about it on football. It happened before ours. We know we're still looking for one. Uh, and we talked about Matt Kupek's comments he made in the pregame of the football. Got us excited that he should take the job. Uh, there was that. And then speaking of Murray again, they took the final spot in that Myrtle Beach MTE that we talked about in the last one that we would like to enter. Of course they did. So anything else to touch on around the Valley? Yeah, just a lot of things going on. We'll, we are uh, – the more pods we have, we have a couple of mailbags that – uh, I'd say next week we'll have a mailbag episode and a little bit. Hopefully we have a commitment maybe next week, but uh, we'll have a mailbag episode next week and uh, update you on because I'm sure some guys will have some more teams will land some guys this week. Yeah, and like we said, the, the deadline, we'll see more people enter the portal. A lot more news to cover as time goes on. Like I said, this is the offseason. Worth news talking about on this one. I'll leave that as your final thoughts. Yeah, hopefully we can add somebody by the next time that we talk. He did mention mailbags. Yes. On the next one, we'll also do that along with hopefully a new ad. And, you know, we have some already. We'll save them. Hopefully people keep coming in with some more. We would love it. Uh, So, yeah, a good update on everything happening with us and everything else. 
Uh, we're excited for what this offseason could have, even though our, our list is getting shorter. Hopefully we can add the right one. So until next time, I'm Nick Malone. No alerts. Go dogs.